Hello, everybody. Take Action Podcast, episode number seven. Got a really special one here today, as if not everyone is special in our eyes, but uh, just excited about today. But Yuri, uh, how was your week? How are things going? Uh, pretty wonderful. Been a good week. Took some action and a full cleaning up project before it snowed in. But other than that, it's truly a frozen tundra here in Green Bay. Got about two inches of snow. It's 15 degrees outside, so I feel like I'm in Siberia. It's way too early for a cold weather like this. But yes, episode 70 today. We getting good downloads from you guys. We set up our YouTube channel, so check us out. You can find us on YouTube, and it's called Take Action Podcast with Monty and Yura. Channel is new, but give it a try. We always looking forward to get feedback from you guys so if you have anything positive or negative to say or give us some criticism or good words for a podcast you can always email us and it's takeactionpodcastmy at gmail.com but it was a good week we have another very very special guest today in the studio and i'll let monty to introduce him yeah, so I got my friend Kevin Barry. Kevin played for the Packers for a couple of years in the mid 2000s. Uh, Kevin and I have been, well, he used to come to the bar that I would work at for a while, and uh, we got to hang out. I sure, I'm pretty sure, I, you know, when you're handing out drinks, you become everybody's best friend, right? That's right. All right. So, Kevin, yeah, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Yeah, so happy to have you here. And, you know, last couple of years, Kevin and I reconnected after uh, not, not being a bartender, uh, and he was coaching high school sports. Still is coaching high school sports. We were at a track meet and reconnected there. And yeah, it's been cool. We've been hanging out a little bit ever since then and sharing some drinks now just on the same side of the bar this time around. (laughs) So Kevin, welcome aboard, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so today, I think one thing that's cool about Kevin, you guys will find out he's He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's always, you know, able to engage with anybody and everybody. He doesn't have a mean bone in his body, and his his life after football indicates that as well. And so we'll get into some of that. But Kevin, let's touch. You know, I think you know we'll start with your background a little bit. With last week, we did an episode on recruiting, and your recruiting story is very similar to Brendan's. You know, you both you know were elite level athletes. I believe you were like, weren't you the Wisconsin State Player of the Year? Yeah. In 96 or something Mm -hmm. like that? Yeah. So, I mean, this guy, I mean, we're talking like the best player in the whole entire state of Wisconsin and when he was in high school. But, you know, tell us a little bit about that and then your story about your recruiting story and how it didn't really turn out the way you thought it was going to. I started playing football my freshman year in high school. I tried to do middle school football. They had like this this youth league, but I wasn't allowed to play because back then they had a weight restriction. And the weight limit was like 235, and I was 255, so that got thrown out the window. But of course, the first year in high school, they decided to lift that band after, after that. So it was like you could play, but you just couldn't carry the ball. I'm like, yep. of course you guys do. Yep. So that's when I first started out. So I was, I was very raw. Uh, a lot of kids were a little more experienced because they played the more of an organized football before me. So it took a little, a little bit longer for me to get on the same page with everybody else. Like after pl- like starting to get pl- like playing, I'd say my junior year, probably the best thing I got was like honorable mention for stuff and I wasn't accepting that. So I really, I trained even harder the following year with, with help from my coach and I ended up getting player of the year my senior year. And then after that, going into college, I had to end up going to junior college, uh, Hutchinson, Kansas. So how did that, so big big guy like you in high school, what did, what did you weigh? What was your height and weight? 
315. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So no no Wisconsin Badgers, no Big Ten schools, nothing no. like you kind of got spurned. And, and do you think it was just because of the late bloomer status of your playing ability, or what do you think? Uh, there? A little bit, probably also like not uh, uh, grade wise too. Sure, you got to meet those requirements. Yep. Yeah, and that's what again. The lesson we talked about last week on the podcast was how important grades are, and Kevin turned out really well. But grades are are important. If you don't tackle them right away, starting freshman year, you put yourself into a hole, and you know, and then you're limited on your options when you're done with high school too. Yeah, and so like fortunately, I was able to find Hutchinson, end up going there. But I mean, it was still like a whole new transition with everything because I wasn't. You were not like your college, but it's like more like in the middle, like kind of like high schoolish, but but college because it's not a a very big school or big classes. You're not not just a number there. Do you think JUCO is good for you? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, sometimes and that's the case. You know, not everybody's ready to transition from high school directly into a four-year university. It can be overwhelming. Sometimes there's a lot more temptations pulling at you. You know, you got the girl factor going on, and if you're an athlete, there's a lot of girls, not lying. So, you know, you got that, you got parties, you got all that stuff. So sometimes junior college is a better fit for, for a lot of kids. Yeah, it wound up working out well for me. After that, I was like wanting to come back to Wisconsin because I was always a big Badger fan and stuff. But unfortunately, they won't. They don't do uh, junior college transfers at the time, and so I ended up picking uh, University of Arizona. Uh, that was a great place to be. Also, but it was like you had a battle between either being back home with the cold weather or you had battle with the heat out there. <laughs> but either way, I was like, I still enjoy the scenery out there. It was definitely sure. nice to look at out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So, all right. So, dealing with the heat, big guy, 100 degree weather, 120 degrees sometimes. How did you? How did you manage that? Like for real? Like I would melt. I I get to like 90 here. I'm I'm not even into it. Well, there at, at the time we had to practice either like about 5:30 in the morning or practice at 8:30 at night because by 10 o'clock it's already like 110. Yeah. And so that's why we had to do that. But still, either way, it was still hot. Like. When you're practicing, because we had a game for USC that actually in September got bumped to like it's supposed to be seven. What's better to play? But it got bumped because of they wanted to uh, televise it, so it got bumped to three thirty. And that was one of the hottest games I've ever played it. It got so bad that they had to like start throwing water bottles in the stand, they, like body surfing people down because you got college kids, so they're drinking. Yeah. They're passing down so that way they can get some attention. And I remember being on that field. I mean, it was like one fifteen in the stands, but then it was probably like one twenty-five oh or so like that oh, on the field because it was just like just so I felt like it but it was just so hot and I had the worst headache after that game because it was just it was like crazy hot I mean you can't even stay hydrated I mean it's in and out yeah. I mean, you, do they have like sprinklers on the sidelines? They had, and they they test. They had these like these new pads where they put like the AC thing and try to oh, blow yeah. blow air in there. That didn't help. It didn't, didn't matter. Didn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's Arizona. <laughs> it's gonna be hot. <laughs> didn't matter. Yeah, for events like this, they probably should have bring the dunk tanks for you guys. <laughs> oh, I would have took that. <laughs> Just standing in a standing yeah. in each individual dunk tank pods with your buddies. <laughs> Yeah, after that game, the cold uh, the cold tub was full. Like everybody was trying to get in there. Oh, I bet that had to be a shock too, going from that into the cold tub, man. Yeah, that's never good. So, all right, so college football, you played at Arizona two years, three, three years. Well, I I did. um, 
I got a what do you call it? Redshirt. <laughs> yeah, redshirt because of injury. Yep. So redshirt, redshirt year, then NFL draft time comes around. So going from college, like a lot, maybe a lot of people don't understand like the process that goes into going from college and then the process of going to the NFL. So we all see the stuff on TV now. There's a lot more. Everything is under a microscope now. And you know, late '90s, there was very limited TV coverage. So was there an NFL combine at the time for you? Yeah. Were you invited. You know, what what happened for you after, as you transitioned from college to, to the I, NFL? I did the NFL Combine. I was training for it. I was training, but, yeah, I was still going to school. Because, like, some guys, like, when they get to that point, they just don't go to school anymore. Mm-hmm. But I was still, like, I want to get that free education. Like, basically want to make something out of it. Because, like, football doesn't last forever. So, right. did the training. Ended up going to the Combine. And then draft comes up. See, you, me, I'm hanging out with a buddy of mine, watching the draft. I get a phone call from the Packers, like, fifth round. They're talking about picking me up there. But they end up picking up another guy from San Diego State. And... Draft kept going on and on and on. And then after the draft, that's when the free agency starts up for the guys. And uh, I got a phone call from quite a few teams and stuff. And I wanted to come back to the Packers. Cool, man. That must be a dream come true, right? Growing yeah. up in the state, get out of that heat, get back in town, getting drinks for me. Everything's good. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the, the first time I've ever seen Lambeau was when I got picked up by Green Bay. Yeah, I've never been to a game, never been in the stadium, nothing. Well, was, I mean, you, you grew up two and a half hours, three hour drive yeah. from. From Lambo, so it's not like you were you grew up in Green Bay. It's just everybody in the state. Oh, down by where you went to high school, though, in Racine, it was probably seventy Packers, thirty Bears, right? Yeah, like percentage wise. Yeah, and then you had like one percent like Dallas fans, but more especially like in Racine, there was a lot of that big or like that. Um, that war between the Packers and the Bears fans. Yeah, you were right in the border almost, you know, the transition yeah. there. So, yeah, so first time seeing Lambo, what was that like? <laughs> that was, it was an amazing feeling. I mean, I'm getting, when they're driving me in there, I'm just like seeing Lambo. I'm like, oh my God, it's like, this is actually finally Lambo, like this best place. It's happening. Uh, yeah, and I was like, I was fortunate. Like before, like they're still start, or they're starting the whole remodeling thing at Lambo. So I was in the old locker room that they had, like North End Zone area, and like so I got to see the whole transition of going from there, then going to like the other side where we had our locker room in that. Yeah, it was, so it was still cool to be able to see in the locker room where like, a, lot, a lot of guys like Reggie White and all those guys were in that locker room. Yeah, so so meeting a guy like Reggie White for the first time or Brett Favre, what was I mean that's. That's like every kid's dream growing up in Wisconsin. What was that like? Yeah, I was like fanboy. I was just like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's three three lockers down from me at one of the players' locker, and I'm just like, that's Richie White. Yay! <laughs> I want to talk to him, but and then one of the guys gave me crap about it. He's like, just go talk to him. He's like, quit being a fanboy. <laughs> like, he's a nice guy. He's, he's fun. And I went up talk to him, like introduce myself and stuff, and it was just like. I was all worshiping you. Like, I was just, like, all about doing the Reggie White Club in high school and stuff like that. And it was yeah. an amazing thing to go see uh, to see him. Yeah. No, that's crazy. So, were his hands as big as yours? Yeah, just pretty much. Oh, damn. I mean, Probably a little bit smaller, but being still a big guy. Yeah. So, you guys, I mean, you guys can't see Kevin. Maybe we'll take a picture of his hands before we leave compared to mine. But, like, he swallows hands when he shakes your hand. He's a hand swallower. Yeah, Kevin's hands are actually bigger than my head. So, if you, like, squish it, it'll be over easy. Eggs right there. Yes. So you played for the Packers for what? Four years? Five years? Five years. Five years, and then went to the Texans for a little bit. Yep. Any cool? Any funny Brett Favre prank stories that he, that he did to you? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't have anything done to me because I just know like 
Brett's big for like pranks and there's a few other guys that are pulling pranks on each other and that stuff. So I just like I was like just like in the crowd just watching. I was just like, I'm gonna just let you guys do that. I'm not gonna get involved because I'd say one of the pranks that we that happened was one guy like one of our linemen was saying something to somebody else. And the guy had plenty of time because he was like, he was hurt right at the point. So when we went to practice, we, when we come back, his car is on bricks. <laughs> and then his rims are in the back of his truck. When we get inside, the rubber part's sitting all stacked up in his locker. Oh, man. So <laughs> it's the worst nightmare. How do they get? How do they get to do it? It wasn't the whole time you guys were at practice. You just hired. Yeah, he just he knew a couple guys at Tires Plus, and so oh. they came in, put him on bricks and everything. That's <laughs> and awesome. And he's like, "Here's a card. Here, give that guy a call." Oh man. <laughs> but one, of the, uh, also there was one for game day. I won't say who did it, but like, there's one of the guys like I pull in, and get my parking spot, and I see this the SUV pull up next to me. I'm like, he doesn't know he parked there. Then I saw who was behind the wheel. I was like, oh, no. He, uh, he, he dumped a bunch of glitter in the vents. And so he, tur- he turned it off, but he turned all the knobs and everything, so it come up right away. So then he goes inside, and I'm like, oh, I got to see this after. So after the game, I hurry up, get showered and everything, hurry up, gets my car, wait. He comes, gets in his car, poof, <laughs> glitter all over the place. I started laughing at take off because I'm like, I don't know who did that. <laughs> That's a, like, Yuri, you would lose that. You would lose it if somebody did that to you. A few years ago, I would, but now I have kids, so I will be just pretending I'm a Tinkerbell fairy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So, all right, so best play you ever had in in there. Was it the Amon Green? This is the Amon Green one. The Amon Green one. So, 96 yard touchdown run, right? 98. 98, sorry. I had those two yards. That's a Packer record. Yeah. That's a Packer record. And uh, you guys can see it on there. Just ninety, just Google, uh, YouTube. I'm on green ninety yard touchdown run. You'll see number seventy one. Just open up a gaping hole there. It's one of the best blocks that I I can remember seeing. And they brought it up on the jumbotron this year. Oh, did Yeah, I remember. I oh yeah. And I said I was so pumped because I was like, oh, because I always watch the play and I see him on. It's just Amon didn't have to. He just had to run. Like it was just a huge hole. Like, yeah. He gets all the credit because he gets the stats, but the hole in there is probably, might be the biggest rushing hole I've ever seen. I mean, that was like a good 10, 15 yard, you know, rut, like hole there. And then I, now that I've known you, and obviously I look back at it, I'm like, all right, I'm going to evaluate Kevin's play on this one. And you just destroyed that dude. Yeah, I got two guys on that play. And both of them laying on the ground. So, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. So, all right. So, my green play, obviously, Kevin, now let's talk about life after football. So, what what's going on for you? You're playing career into a 2008-ish? Nine-ish, yeah, like a little, and then I did the UFL league for a year in Orlando. Yeah, it wasn't. No, it was like, <laughs> I kind of, I don't really talk about that much anymore. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that happened. But uh, yeah, once I was done with that, I was just, like, like other players do, they go through this whole unknown era because, like, when you're done, it's like, okay, what do I do now? You basically feel like you're out of college and like have no idea what you're gonna do because you knew football a good part of your life. Right, like your whole life, basically, yeah. since, you know, freshman year of high school and now you're 28, 29, 30 years old now, right? So, yeah. like, that's your whole life. And I think a lot of people don't understand, even even for me, and again, like, I, I was at nowhere near the level of Kevin or even Brendan, but there's a struggle where you don't have competition anymore, and that's a huge, for me, it was a huge void in my life, and I kind of, like, floundered around trying to figure things out and really didn't have, like, the right guidance to even understand it, you know, and I and I hear that's, like, a huge issue for NFL players at this point. Yeah, because, like, when, like, there's no real kind of, like, giving you kind of, like, a guideline to 
or some kind of foundation to get started with when you're done. And so a lot of guys go through depression about it all and just just being that unknown. Like you were so because you're so used to schedule and just knowing what you're doing day in day out. And now you're like, okay, what am I gonna do for the rest of my life? What career am I doing next? Yeah, and you're coming out of a community of you know 53 guys and you know practice squad guys too. So you have all those people in your life, those coaches, the trainers, the, just the administrators, the other people that are there to help out all the time, and then all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah. You know, you're, then you're you're almost on your on your own. So you see that a lot of times that guys struggle. So what? What kind of advice can you give guys? You know, I mean, obviously, there's probably not a ton of NFL players, you know, listening to our podcast. But even for somebody who's got done playing college sports or maybe even left their job that they've been at for 15 or 20 years and they're trying to make a change in their life, what kind of advice can you give them, like, you know, how to get some help? You know that area. One thing for like when you're playing, taking full advantage of like of getting to know people, because like more and more I know how things been going. It's who you know in this world, not what you know that gets you anywhere. Because they help you get that foot in the door for wherever you're trying to get to and or what you're trying to do in life. Because yeah, I was always like doing events and then I'd get cards from people and stuff like that, but. I learned from a buddy of mine to mark down the back of the car, like where you met the person, and so that way you can, uh, you look at the car, and you're like, okay, that's where, I, that's that person I met that, that this dinner or this charity event. Sure. So just network. Like you think the biggest thing is is the network outside of outside of whatever realm you came from. Yeah. Open up, you know, open up your mind a little bit more. Open up some that will open up doors, and I I think that's really important. And so I think that's something that's been huge for me is not that not to make colleges sound bad, but. I'm using zero of my college experience other than my athletics at this point in my life. You know, my degree doesn't matter. Well, I didn't graduate, but it wouldn't have mattered in the sole fact. Otherwise, I would have finished college if, it, if I would have. Now, if you go to college, finish your degree. Don't waste all that time and money. But, yeah. you know, that's just how it is. I mean, Yuri, anything you want to add to that? It's kind of about networking. It's the same in my country, just to give you guys a taste how Belarus is. I moved to the United States. I thought a lot of things are different. But to be honest with you, just like Kevin said, a lot of the times it's about who you know. You might have a tremendous talent, but sometimes you just need a little push. So you know somebody, somebody will help you out. You build out this networking. So that's unfortunately how life operates a lot of the times. Exactly. And like also too, like when I was, even when I was playing during the off season, I was doing like stuff. Like definitely I say for guys like to, if you have an interest in something, Use the off season to try to maybe intern a little bit and stuff. I mean, I was helping out at West Superior High School coaching track and doing stuff then during the during the off season because I was trying to prepare myself ahead of time to what I wanted to do for later in life. Yep. Awesome. And, it's, and it's probably much easier for you guys doing something in the meantime, knowing that you're getting prepared yourself. Because once this career is over, I just can't imagine something you prepared half of your life for and then it's gone, boom, just like that. Yeah, and I think some people are going to hear Kevin's story and go, boo-hoo, you made an NFL salary for however many years. And, yeah, I mean, he's not complaining about that part of it or even me bringing that topic up. It's it's not about, like, in life, you can't take the money with you when you're gone, right? You can only pass it down. So it's about taking action for yourself and putting yourself into a community 
and doing a lot of different things. Now you do a lot of charity work too, right? Yeah. Yeah, even now, like you're not making the big bucks anymore like you were back in the day, but you're in the community, you know, at this point you, you're teaching. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I've been a special education aide and also just, or that's mainly what I'm doing now. That was something I fell into. Like it was, uh, well, it was one thing the new Dexter McNabb, he asked me about helping out coaching out there. And so in Pulaski, I uh, started doing that. And then they needed to, had a need for, uh, for male spe- like special education parents stuff, so I was like, yeah, I'll do that. That's something, like something I was kind of did stuff like that basically all my life. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll help out with that. Yeah, so yeah. that's I mean that's incredible too. So how did you how did you end up like focusing that area? Was it just something you you were asked to do? You're like, yeah, let's try it out, and then you kind of fell in love with it, right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been work- when I was playing, I helped a lot with like troubled youth and stuff like that. Sure. Just kind of helping guide those those kids to make better choices in that. And so I was like, I can do that too, like helping out the high school. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome, man, being a leader in a community like that and, you know, small impacts make a huge difference. And I just started, like we talked about with Brian a couple episodes ago, with working with the GRIT program has been phenomenal. And just to be able to, you know, see the kids. I sent Yuri some videos, so he'll get that up on the social media sites. We do make the kids do burpees at GRIT. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Video proof of it now. But no, it's, it's awesome and it's I think it's more fulfilling. It's almost selfish now for me. Like when I go there, I think I get more out of it maybe than the kids do because like just to be able to see their reactions they're just there working out I'm like I feel like I'm fulfilling you know something I don't know what it is but it's just like be able to see the reaction for those kids is pretty awesome. Yeah, even when you just get like one kid, you see the fulfillment coming out, like how he's so excited or getting the grades, he's passing, he's going to be able to walk across the stage or for high school and yeah. stuff. It's just, even just helping one kid that's fulfillment alone with that. Yeah, and that could be anything. It doesn't have to be a special needs kid or, you know, somebody with differing abilities. It can be, you know, somebody coming from a bad background or maybe yep. even just like somebody at school. That's who's- too. You know, who's down? Maybe they're having a bad week or, you know, whatever. You know, this can go for anything in life. You know, you see this all the time as people are depressed or they have a bad week. Put a hand on their back. Put a hand on their shoulder. Offer them some help. Give them, you know, give them some positive attitude. Send that juice to them and allow them to feel like they're not alone. Because I think that's the biggest thing is when you're when you're going through life and you're by yourself, it's easy to get down because those voices in your head, they can catch up to you. But making people feel better around you, that's really what, you know, we should be focusing more on at this time and even though we have social media and we have more ways to connect i think as a society we're probably a little bit more isolated now yeah so what's next kev what uh what's the big plans what are you you know you're still going to work at the school district for a little bit what's going on man what what's going on next <laughs> that's a big question mark there <laughs> just it's like uh what do i want to be when i grow up <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so, like yeah i mean you and i've been jamming on this a little bit yeah. every time you know we talk quite frequently now and we're always trying to figure out what what can we do next. So I think maybe what we do is maybe we challenge Kevin Barry to take some action on something here, and then like maybe six months from now we have him come back on and see what he did. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, so we just, we'll think about challenge it. accepted. Maybe uh, maybe some of our listeners can uh, send in some things of what Kevin can do next, but. And he's uh, a great dude. He's uh, He's got a huge heart. He's going to be, you know, whatever he decides, he's going to be well brought in. So I'm excited for him. We'll see what happens after this. So that's going to be it for today, guys. We're going to wrap some things up here. Kevin, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks uh, for having me out. Yeah, it's awesome. And hopefully we can get you back on here. Just a funny story for tomorrow, though. Kevin and I are doing, uh, before we hop off, Kevin and I are doing, like, I don't even know how to describe this thing. But <laughs> <laughs> Everybody I don't knows. know either. I'll let you explain that one. I'll, I'll explain it. So, so tomorrow, Kevin and I are going to go coach 
about 20 to 25 Japanese players coming from Japan to, and they are going to experience Lambeau Field and what it's like. So we're putting together a practice for them, and I can't wait to see these guys next to Kevin. Oh, it's going to be awesome. So, <laughs> so I don't know what the plan is. Maybe we'll get some uh, some video. I know the Packers are going to do, or somebody's doing a little documentary on it. But basically, it's a group of huge Packer fans from Japan, and a local was in our from uh, from Green Bay was in a in a bar in Japan a couple of years ago, and he was sitting there, and a few uh, folks came walking through with their Packer jerseys on in April or May or sometime out of season and he was sitting there having a drink he's like oh that's interesting we got Packer fans walking through here and then like another 10 minutes later like 10 more guys walk through with their Packer Packer gear on next thing you know he goes he's like I gotta find out what this is so he walks into this back room and there's all these uh, Japanese folks watching Packer games in the middle of the year at some Packer club and they just get together and they watch Packer games so he got to know him a little bit he's a documentary you know film guy and so he started putting together connected really well with these guys and so he made this connection for them they came back a couple of years ago to Green Bay and had a uh, like just gave them like the tour of the stadium and then they wanted to see like, what our it's weird for us but they wanted to go they went downtown to see what our like city center looked like and our our court system looked like and all this stuff and so they were down there and they went to city hall and had you know and then they were out they went you know got a view of lambo and all those other things but then this week they had said that they were coming back so i was like i gotta see what this is all about so it ended up morphing into now we're gonna run a practice and take them to like you know some tommy bars and take them bowling and all these other things so it should be pretty interesting i'm gonna be just coaching and we'll see what happens i'm looking forward to it and then they're gonna tailgate uh this weekend as well so they'll get the full full packer experience oh for sure, they're gonna have a full experience on a frozen tundra with 15 degrees outside, so oh. it's gonna be fun. Make sure you guys bundle them up nice and nice and warm. <laughs> we will. Yuri, you wanna take us away? Yes, thank you for joining us today, Kevin. It was an amazing episode. Your story is truly amazing for you, from you taking action in college, becoming an NFL player. Just because you play in college doesn't mean you're gonna take it to professional level. So Kevin took an action join NFL and after your career was over you didn't give up you still giving it back to community you coaching kids so your story is truly amazing thank you for joining us thank today thank you all right and in the meantime guys our episodes are rolling out every Monday we always post links on our social media you can find us on Facebook Take Action Podcast MY. And if you have any questions or want to give us some feedback, our email is takeactionpodcastmy at gmail.com. And thank you for tuning in for episode number seven. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Monty and Kevin. You bet, man. Thank you. Until next time, guys. See ya.